Right. Many thanks once again to Philip Jarrell, who's a singer-songwriter, photographer, and musician based in Shanghai. Um, I'd like to also play another one of his singles before we get to Andrew Dembina for this week's Art Sing Around. This is the live version of Love is Better Than Gold when he did his performance in Shanghai last year. Money is always seen to talk about these days. What went wrong and how to change our ways Slow down the car, you know, got to save some gas Slow as we can go, it seems to go so fast Money, ain't gonna send my soul to heaven Money, ain't gonna stop my growing old Money, is it the real Jarrell on RTHK Radio 3 and the song is Love is Better Than Money. Time is now 2.35 and you're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon and I'm really excited to welcome back on the program Andrew Dembina for this week's Art Sing Around. How are you doing, Andrew? 
Yeah, well, thank you. On this eve of uh, the new lunar year, how are you doing? I'm well. It doesn't feel like sort of Chinese New Year this year. I don't know. Do, do you have that feeling? Well, actually, you know, um, I'll apologise in advance if this happens, but I'm reporting from one of the rural pockets of uh, of Hong Kong. And had you called, had we spoken uh, about an hour ago, uh, which is never our normal time, around about the beginning of your programme. Uh, without any announcements, there were lots of firecrackers in a uh, residential building very close to where I live. Firecrackers? So, uh, isn't yeah. that illegal in Hong Kong? It might be. Oh. It is, yeah. But it's but it's um, it but might it's, be. It's, I like it's, the it's way. A <laughs> yeah, the it's, it's a tradition largely ignored in lots of parts of the new territories at this time of year. That's true. So, um, yeah. uh, and we don't, we don't get a we don't. There's no kind of listen out, neighbours. Suddenly goes off, and you and you kind of you know you think, oh wow, your you, you dog your dog's under the bed if you got one, yeah. and it's uh, yeah. What, so, uh, what are you so, doing yeah. out there? Why are you out in the new territories? Oh no, I mean this, this is I mean, this is this is where I live. Oh, so <laughs> sorry, I'm, I mean sorry. I, I forgot. Uh, yes. I, you live in, a, in an outlying is, island. Yes, that's right. I do. Yeah. So so yeah. So so as I was um, just sort of getting on with things um, around about uh, just uh, lunchtime ish. Um, yeah, there they there they went, and it's um, it's always a shock to the system because you know it's kind of like it happens blind, if you like. Um, kind of, I mean, perhaps it's a, perhaps it's a performance art piece. No, it's not. It, it happens every it happens every year though, and um, the aerial fireworks that used to happen um, are ones that uh, don't anymore because that has been clamped down a bit in my neck of the. Uh, of the rural pockets of Hong Kong. So um, uh, there, there used to be some brilliant aerial displays, which, of course, were not legal. But, um, but those, yeah, those have been kind of um, uh, curbed, if you like, by the, lo- by the local police. But the, uh, but the audio stuff still goes on. So, right. so listen out for some of those. It might happen. Um, as I talk you through where, um, where I left off last week, which is um, that the, um, the Hong Kong Arts Festival, the 49th one, which um, begins on the 26th of this month. Uh, I just wanted to mention some highlights because it was the last uh, item that we spoke about in uh, global arts things last week. And there have been some changes even in the last week. And not surprisingly, it's due to um, the question of whether in-venue performances can happen or not. So uh, let's have a look at some of the highlights of what's on the roster for this year. Some of the things have gone online. Some of them, as we speak, are still um, hopefully uh, booked as being in venue. But since last week, some of those have now been moved into being uh, online only. And those that are uh, currently saying they will be in a venue, you know, cultural centre or other theatres around town, still might not be should things um, get a bit more, uh, you know, rise in numbers of COVID cases after Chinese New Year. So there's um, the whole festival, as I say, kicks off on the 26th of this month, which is only a couple of weeks away. So uh, uh, it it could be that it goes all online, as as most of it has done now, or there might still be some live. So you have to keep your eyes really on the the website, which I'll give at the end, to see whether everything is going to be shifted there or not. And even if it does all get shifted, there are some amazing things that are happening online, actually. So... um, there was going to be a screening in the cultural centre of a feature-length film of uh, uh, one of Britain's best uh, dance choreographers. His name is Matthew Bourne, and it was it's the uh, the Red Shoes, which is a 1950s or 60s um, 
iconic uh, film where color, uh, the color red was uh, juxtaposed against essentially a black and white film. Have you ever seen that film, Noreen, The Red Shoes? It's mm. kind of a, an old classic. No, I haven't. What's it about? Okay. It's about it's about a girl that uh, gets bought a, a pair of really kind of shiny patent leather shoes. I think they were, and um, and she goes around. Uh, it's 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 kind of a not a bleak landscape, but the rest of her world is black and white, and the thing that stands out are her shoes. And it's um it's the joy of a young girl having having something which uh, which she finds exciting. I mean, do you remember yourself when you? Maybe that, were. That so- uh, it sounds. Sorry, when you said red shoes, it made me think of Schindler's List. You know, the the girl in red it kind of sticks out a little bit, but totally different. Never oh, mind. Put a bit of a dampener on things there, but no, it's uh, it's it's a bit more it's a bit more fun than that. But um, the the uh, the Ma- Ma- Matthew Bourne, the uh, the choreographer, has made a kind of a, a ballet slash contemporary dance feature length film out of, uh, you know, a remake of the original film from uh, many decades ago. And that's, that's going to be screened online now, uh, and it's actually screening for free. And, and, a, and a really amazing thing at this time of, uh, of not being able to go to too many events of anything, really, um, many of the um, events have suddenly, that were going to be charged if they'd been in the theatre, are now going to be free. And so you can go online um, and see if you're lucky enough to uh, to snag an online ticket of one of many different productions, including the National Theatre of Brno, very difficult word to pronounce because it's spelled B-R-N-O, um, which is in Czechoslovakia. It's producing a number of top-quality music productions from uh, a moody production, one of the pictures, one of the random pictures that I've given you no info on that I've sent you today, um, which is... Uh, a, a, a moody tale that's told through uh, um, uh, that's told through song, but the people who are singing are going to be also being uh, dressed in costumes as if they're the characters who they are portraying in a story that's called "The Diary of One Who Disappeared." It's about a married woman who has an affair with a younger man, and um, there's a husband involved. And all I'm going to say is that one of those characters gets done in. And um, and it's and and, it, and so you've got this uh, sequence of songs that are performed um, in a very uh, so this is the one with the red background that I've sent you with people dressed up in kind of 1940s looking uh, clothes um, a man a woman and a pianist yeah. and it's kind of smouldering songs about this illicit illicit uh, you know affair that uh, that starts um, um, having two people one of them being a married woman. Um, involved in a relationship, and uh, and, uh, and and what happens uh, is that someone gets hurt. So um, it's so it's it's a mixture of not just straight um, uh, song, but also a tale being told through those songs. That's quite interesting, and that's 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 one of four pieces. The other pieces from the Bruno um, uh, National Theatre are uh, they're all they're all musical, even though its name has theatre in it. Um, it's, uh, there's a choral piece, and there are two musical performances that are going to go on as well. And this is a really uh, it's a pity. It's one of the great shames, but I mean, you know, it's been happening all year, hasn't it? Of companies that have been unable to come over and present something in person, but instead they're doing it from uh, Czechoslovakia at some probably uh, at some time in the middle of their night which will then be uh, beamed to, uh, to Hong Kong audiences during March. You can check out the exact dates for all of the performances online. Again, I'll mention it at the end. Um, a couple of other online highlights. 
There's something called The Plague, which is a really ambitious uh, online performance by actors from six different locations around the world, in six different time zones, actually. Um, and it's an adaptation of a play from a few years ago that's now, of course, being performed, The Plague. Uh, it was written years ago as an imaginary thing, but it's now being performed at a time where there is a real-life global health crisis. Uh, originally, the play premiered in London in 2017, and it was written and directed by a British playwright called uh, Neil Bartlett. And this new production, the ad adaptation, is, is being directed by an award-winning Chinese director called Wang Chong, and he is the founder of an avant-garde uh, theatrical group called uh, uh, Theatre... It's a... It's a uh, I shouldn't try and say it in French, but it's the French one called Theatre de Rêve Experimental. And um, he also, Wang, the director, did a production like an adaptation of Waiting for Godot, that classic uh, piece of theatre. Oh, um, Waiting for Godot. Yeah, he's also done that, that. That was his first one, and a, a big sort of adaptation of something well known. And he, he, he had that performed during the lockdown of Wuhan last year, 2020, and he got... Um, just under 300,000 viewers from around the world watching that. So a very interesting piece, especially um, using uh, people from around the world. They're really kind of, you know, making uh, a, a, a production that's where, frankly, there are areas that things have to be slick indeed with uh, things like lag over long distances and so on. So good luck to them. We know what fun we have with lag between the outlying islands and uh, Admiralty, don't we, Laurie? So uh, it's uh, better luck to them. Good luck. Um, it, <laughs> good luck, folks. Um, that's, it, it, that, that story is uh, it's, it, the six people are meant to be, they play survivors after a, uh, a, a kind of apocalypse in one big city. Um, but the director, as I say, has chosen to have these people beaming in from six different places around the world. That is online between March the 19th and 21st for three nights, and then again between March 23rd and 28th. So on a lighter subject note, another uh, online performance is something called The Journey by performer and illusionist and writer Scott Sylvan. And another interesting one in a totally different vein, um, this is only limited to 30 audience viewers. I remember at the beginning of last year, I talked about something which was a real kind of more, more kind of a murder mystery thing that was coming out of the UK, I don't know if you remember. And that was also a very small audience number. It was a run in the West, for a West End, uh, it would have been in the West End Theatre of London, but it was, it was being done online instead. And there was interaction with that one, as there is with this uh, performance called The Journey. It's kind of intriguing that people will be asked to go online and their faces will appear um, with interaction with the main, you know, the person who's doing everything, Scott Sylvan. Um, but he's an illusionist, so it's um, it's kind of mind-bending mind stuff that goes on. Um, and they don't explain too much about the exact nature of the subject matter in the guides for the Arts Festival. But he's based in Scotland. He's going to do a show outdoors in the landscape there. Um, and the Guardian newspaper in the UK raves about him, saying that Sylvian's use of storytelling and setting, uh, setting the scene creates something that is genuinely magical. So they talk it up at the Guardian. Uh, have a look at the uh, Arts Festival uh, website uh, to see what you think, if that's worth a look. You could be one of 30 only audience members between March the 2nd and 14th. So it's doing 
almost two weeks of productions with a very small audience. I'll just mention the website now. It's hk.artsfestival, artsfestival is all one word, uh, .org. So those are just a few. You know, there's, there's, there are many, many things on, online. Another thing that was meant to be... Um, uh, it was meant to be performed at the Hong Kong Cultural Centre Grand Theatre, um, and at the moment it's still down as being uh, live, but we'll have to see whether that happens or not near the time. It's supposed to be uh, in March on the 18th and 19th, two performances only. It's a massive Cantonese opera that is based on the story, the biblical story, uh, the Old Testament story of Noah's Ark. And it's uh, very unusual for some really well-known um, operatic performers who are quite, you know, getting on in their years, as well as some younger performers, to take part in something that isn't of a classical um, Chinese theme. So even though it's a biblical tale, which is not the most contemporary of stories, it's just interesting that they've gone back to the great flood from the book of Genesis, you know, um, to, um, to then concoct. Um, a Cantonese-style opera with all in Cantonese, um, with uh, what was meant to be a lot of amazing backdrops, you know, quite dynamic uh, arc scenes of, uh, of of people having to uh, go off with the animals in the flood. I can't imagine what that would be like, but um, but it's uh, it's on then from the uh, 18th to 19th, and is still down as being in venue quite an interesting one mm. and there'll be english english surtitles projected you know projected subtitles if you like um so have a look for more details on the on the website you can google hong kong arts festival if you didn't catch the uh, address but it's um arts festival is all one word it's easy to find moving on from the arts festival then um another picture that i sent to you is um something of an architectural wonder because in all the weeks that we've been, or months we've been doing artsing around, we haven't really ever touched on architecture as one of the arts, which it certainly is. I was wondering um, what that is. What, what that is. Yeah. It's yeah. very yeah, stunning. Yeah, it, it, it almost, uh, it, what, we, what we're referring to here is something that almost looks like a water lily. A water it's lily, on, that's it. I was going to say, yes, it looks yeah. like a flower of some sort. That's it. Water it, lily is it, much it, better because it's on top of the, the sea. It is on top of the sea, and it, it, it certainly, even though it's the sea, which, you know, you wouldn't get a, a, a water lily, which is a freshwater plant growing on those, it does look like something that is either a water lily, that's what I'm thinking, or it could look like, um, uh, it could look like what coral looks like with twirly, twisting forms reaching upward, uh, or it looks like the bulb of a flower. And um, it, what it is, is a picture of an award-winning concept that just won uh, an, an architectural uh, award for, um, uh, for, for its design in, for 2020. Mm. Um, it's an impressive design called the Eighth Continent, and it's a floating building idea that is offering a solution to monitor and to try and help solve some of um, the planet's most pressing issues, which is ocean waste. The, that, the reason it is on the sea is because it's going to uh, have tendrils that spread out from that structure that we just mentioned, which is an impressive uh, few cluster of buildings together. And it has three spokes that come out from the building that reach out like um, tentacles. And those are thin, narrow 
Uh, they're not walkways. They're actually um, they're, they're, they're contained tunnels that people can walk uh, into that spread out into the sea, and they have nets on them and other uh, ways of monitoring, catching pollution in the seas and uh, monitoring the quality of water around them. And um, this quite amazing design is uh, created by uh, um, Lenka Petrakova, who, um, uh, who was uh, based in Austria when she entered this uh, competition last year. And she won the France-based architectural uh, prize from the uh, something called the Jack Rougerie Foundation, who sponsors um, architectural awards every year. That's she got the, the grand uh, prize for architecture and innovation for this stunning design. I, I, read, um, that, it, I read that this idea was based for her master thesis. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, 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 originally, it was when she was studying at the University of Applied Arts in Vienna. Um, but then she took it further than that once once she left. She then honed it further to um, to enter this competition. But that was the seed of the idea. It was very much um, part of uh, one of her graduation projects, yeah. I hope our listeners um, can go on Google and just um, search for it, the Eighth Continent Architecture, and you'll see this sort of out of the world. It almost looks a bit sort of sci-fi. Science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> And there's there's a, there's a helicopter flying over it. I mean, this is an artist, it's like a com computer rendering because, of course, it's a model that hasn't been actually built, built in real yet. life. Yes. But it but it but it does look like something from the 22nd century, really, doesn't it? Very they, cool they building. They should indeed. build it. With, yeah, and with some great, uh, 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 you know, sort of uh, purpose for doing it. So these three barriers that are collecting all of the uh, uh, samples and waste. Um, then feed into the, those central buildings that we mentioned, and they uh, they break down some of the pollution. Uh, whatever's biodegradable get, gets gets broken down to be put back onto the soil in a clean way. The rest of it gets recycled where it should get recycled. Anything that can't be is then dumped in the proper place rather than being floating around in the sea. Uh, there's room for researchers, and there's an educational centre for, for other students and paid, you know, researchers who who are researching into marine uh, pollution um, and elsewhere in these buildings there are greenhouses where plants are grown so some of them are edible plants that people can eat while they're there everything being you know with a very much a sustainable theme to uh, to, to the project using as little uh, power as it can and the buildings that do curve up from the center do have solar panels on them to generate their own energy so it's a very cool project indeed. I agree. Your your listeners there, Noreen, should go and check it out. It's uh, uh, it's easy to find if you just put in uh, the uh, the name there, the eighth, the number, the number eight, th continent. So um, yeah, congratulations to her for winning it. It just shows that um, that sustainability. We talk about it a lot in the other segment that I do, which is about food. But in uh, in architecture, um, you know, it's something where projects that look good and are doing something interesting are seem to be coming into their own and uh that's 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 probably all i was going to talk about this week noreen because uh i uh, i did have something else which is a much longer topic which i don't want to don't want to go into now I, I was going to say i think we should save it for another time yeah yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Andrew, thank you so much once again for for your sharing uh, with us this week. And I look forward to uh, more chats with you uh, next week uh, after the Chinese New Year. Um, how are you Absolutely celebrating? Are you going to be um, socially distancing yourself? 
Yeah, I mean tonight, yes, on the eve of uh, uh, of Chinese New Year, but um, but tomorrow, uh, my mother-in-law is Chinese and she's living on her own. There's no way we're not going to be seeing her oh. on uh, on Chinese New Year. So we're definitely going to uh, go out um, to, uh, to to see her. Um, but the rest of uh, my uh, my in-laws are um, uh, are uh, probably not going to come along at the same time. We're keeping it a little controlled because yeah. of having. A, uh, a, a a woman, my mother-in-law, who's in her uh, approaching mid-80s. So, you know, just to be careful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what, what about what about you? Uh, yeah, me too. Well, um, just seeing the family, but again, it's sort of socially distanced. We're not all meeting at the mm. same time. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Sensible. You just take their life wanna... and go. That's right. Yeah. No, and also we don't want to be, uh, you know, we want to do everything, I'm sure, hopefully lots of people do, to stop the figures going up as we've had these the carrots dangled in front of us over the last 24 hours that we might be allowed to resume something of normality again. Oh, and then maybe some of these shows that I mentioned will be in the real place. They'll be allowed to go ahead. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? That would be so lovely. Well, wishing you a healthy and happy and prosperous year of the ox and we'll chat to you uh, in the year of the ox. Thank you very much to you, Andrew Dambina, for joining us. Thanks on the us. other side. Bye for now. See Thanks. you. Bye. Bye.